Ready to get in the Word this morning? Hallelujah. We've already had church. Church up in here. Hallelujah. God is good. Have your Bibles. Turn to Isaiah 42. And I want to continue on the series that I've been dealing with entitled Staying. Amen. You enjoy this series? Staying. It's making a decision. I'm staying. I'm, I'm staying on course. I'm staying in faith. I'm staying devoted. I'm staying in him. Amen. Those are some of the things that we've been dealing with. And this, this was birthed out of a, a scripture out of Acts chapter 11, verse 23, where Barnabas shows up because they hear rumors of the miracles and the things that are happening in Antioch. And, and Barnabas shows up and he's, he's in awe and he's full of joy because the grace of God that he's seeing displayed at the church of Antioch. And, Antioch, and he says, it says this, it said that he continuously, say continuously, exhorted, warned, encouraged, and urged urged them to cleave unto, remain faithful to, and stay devoted to the Lord with purpose of heart. So he was saying that, hey, God's doing amazing thing in you, Church of Antioch. But you know what? He he kept continuing to to remind them, stay connected to God. Stay connected to God. Stay devoted to God. And as I hear him saying that, I'm hearing him say things like stay on course. I'm hearing him saying stay in him and staying in faith. And that's what we've been really deal with staying, with staying in faith over the last several weeks. We talked about in faith is about what you're pursuing. We've also talked about that staying in faith is all about trust. Yeah. And this morning I want to continue dealing with this aspect of staying in faith. <laughs> now a number of years ago I, I was praying before I, I came out to minister I believe it was a Wednesday night, and I don't remember how many years ago it was. And, and, I, and I was about to come out and just all geared into what, what I felt the Lord had in my heart. And he said, he said I, I don't want you to preach about that. You know, and as a minister, you know, you, you, you do things by faith. You want to be led by the Spirit. But some of those things, like, I don't want you to preach what I've been studying all day long. And, and already it's like, hey, we're just going to, let's just, just do this. You know, it's just step, just walk on the water kind of thing, you know. And, and, and he, he made a statement to me, and I'm about to come out, and church is about to start. And he, he poses a question to me, and he says, he goes, Justin, what's the number one problem in the world? I was like, seriously? <laughs> like, okay, come on, God, we're, we're about to go out there and preach, right? Me and you, we're, we're going to preach. And you're asking me, what's the number one problem in the world? And, and, and so I'm like, seriously? Like, you're asking me. You're God, right? You're asking me, what's the number one problem in the world? And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, okay, is it terrorism? Is it is it disease? Is it, I'm, I'm trying to name off all these things. And I'm like, I have no clue. What's the, what's the number one problem in the world? And I got quiet for a moment and, and, and I heard this. He says, the number one problem in the world is deficit. And I was like, what do you mean by that, deficit? He goes, and, and, and so I'm, I'm standing there. I'm like, okay, I, I, I pull up my phone. And I'm like, okay, what's, I know what deficit is, but what's the definition for Deficit. And the word deficit means shortage, and it means lack. And I'm standing there listening, okay, okay, what do you want me to preach about? And he says, he goes, the number one problem in the world today is deficit. Whether it's in the world or whether it's the church, the number one problem is shortage. The number one problem is lack. He says, yeah, he goes, there's a lack of joy. There's a lack of love. There's a lack of wisdom. There's a lack of faith. There's a lack of peace. There's a lack of direction. There's a lack of people being led by the Holy Spirit. And I'm, I'm standing there, and I'm, he's ministering to me, and he says, do you know what the root of all deficit is? And I said, well, no, but I guess you're going to tell me. 
He says the number one lack to deficit and shortage is because there's a lack of the Word of God. The number one problem in the world today, the church or the world, is deficit. It's lack and it's shortage. And like I said, that's a deficit of love, that's a deficit of faith, a deficit of joy and peace and patience and so forth. But it's deficit because there's a deficit of the Word of God. If you see a deficit in any area, in any situation in our world today, is because there's a shortage of something, and it's the Word of God. And, and I started praying over this, and, and, and this week, because the Lord reminded me of he telling me that, and he, 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 he just, a, a scripture went off on the inside of me, found in Amos. It's in Amos chapter 8, and you don't need to turn there, but in verses 11 through 14, it talks about a famine. And, and, God, and God's speaking here, and he says, I'm going to send a famine. He said, I'm going to send a famine, but it's not going to be a famine of bread, and it's not going to be a famine of, of thirst for water. He said, but it's going to be a famine of the word of God. And then it goes on after that, and it says, and it says in this famine, he says, he says they're, going to, they're going to wander from the sea to sea, from the north to the east. It says that they're going to faint it says they're going to be weary. It says that they're going to, it says those that are really worshiping other gods, it says they're going to rise up no more. So what, what does this reveal to us? Because there's a famine. That means there's a shortage. Of, if there's a famine in something, there means there's a shortage of something, right? And he was saying there's going to be a shortage of the word of God. So here he's giving us a description of what it's like if there's a famine of the word of God. He's saying people are going to wander from place to place. What does that mean? They're going to have no purpose. I wrote some of these things down. If there's no word of God, it's, it's people are going to run to and fro, and they're going to try to find God, but they're not going to be able to find him. What does that mean? It means that, that if, you don't have a, if you have a famine in the word of God, you're not going to understand who God is. You see, if we didn't have this, this word in front of us, we would have no idea who God is. You know, if you have a famine of the word of God, it says, it says that they shall be faint. What does that mean? They're going to be weary and hopeless. If there's a famine of the word of God, it says they'll rise no more, meaning there's no reason for living. So when you have a famine of the word of God, it is going to keep you from being everything that God's created you to be. Let's look here in Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah 42, verse 19. It says, who is blind but my servant, or deaf as my messenger that I sent? You could, you, could call, you could call those messengers, you could call those servants ministers. You could call them pastors. Who is blind but my servants, or deaf as my messenger? Who is blind as he that is perfect and blind as the Lord's servant? Hallelujah. Seeing many things, but you observe not. Opening the ears, but you hear not. The Lord is well pleased for his righteousness' sake. He will magnify the law and make it honorable. What does that mean? He's saying, I've got ministers and I've got servants on my behalf that on the, on the outside, they're perfect, but on the, but, but on the inside, they're not delivering the message. They, they have a relationship with me, but they're not revealing that relationship to other people. My servants are blind and my servants are deaf, and they're not declaring what I'm saying. They're not declaring what I once said. They're not speaking the truth to what I once said. In verse 21, it says, he will magnify the law and make it honorable, meaning 
He wants to bring his word out. He wants to magnify his law, magnify his word. He wants his word to be exalted. These ministers should be speaking the truth of God's word. And because they're not speaking the truth of God's word, the next verse says, but this is a people robbed and spoiled. They are all of them snared in holes and their hidden prison houses. They are for a prey and none delivereth. Meaning these people, I've sent these ministers and my messengers to these people. But you know what? Instead of them being free, they're being robbed. Instead of them being free, they're, they're hiding in prison houses. And they're for a prey and none's delivering. For a spoil and none say restore. And none say Restore. Meaning, here, my people are, in, are snared in holes. My people are, are in hiding. My people are, are being, uh, being um, captured. My people are being taken. Why? Because they have a deficit. It's because no one is declaring my word. No one is decreeing my word. No one is saying my word. The biggest problem in the world today is deficit. And it's a deficit. Of the word of God. See when you have a deficit of the word of God. People will have no purpose. If you have a deficit of the word of God. You won't have a future to look forward to. If you don't have the word of God. It puts people in bondage. Just think without this word. We wouldn't be here today. If we didn't have John 3.16. Will we know anything about salvation? For God so loved the world. He, the, the Lord, by the Holy Spirit, came upon authors, 40 different authors over a 1,500-year period of time to write the word of God, and yet it still all makes sense. Think about that. It's the only book that's tried to have been burned, outlawed, and done away with, but yet it still resurrects itself. <laughs> And when, people, and when people doubt it, and when people doubt it, we see things like the Dead Sea Scrolls were founded in 1948 that proved about chronicles and proved about scriptures being written. You see, it's, it, it's the word of God. This is not just some fairy tale book. This is not just something that, 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 that's a religious crutch to preachers or Christians. This, this word is so much beyond that. And a defi- when you have a deficit of it, it limits your life. So staying in faith is about staying in the word. Staying in the word. If we didn't, like I said, if we didn't, if we didn't have this word, we would not be born again. We would not know anything about salvation. Let's go to 1 Peter. Let's go to 1 Peter. Now, while you're turning there, Let me say it again. Staying in faith is about staying in the word. Say that with me. Staying in faith faith. is about staying in the word. word. You know, a few weeks back, we talked about the just shall live by faith. We see that in Habakkuk 2. We see it in Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, and Hebrews 10.38. The just shall live by faith. But Romans 10.17 says, uh, it talks about that faith comes by hearing... Faith comes by hearing, right? Mm-hmm. So that means faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God, right? And hearing by the word of God. So when we say the just shall live by faith, we could also say this. The just shall live by the word of God. 
The just shall live by the word of God. So when we talk about living by faith, it comes down to living by the word of God. I don't want a word deficit in my life because I don't want to have limitations in my life. Amen. And I don't want you to have limitations in your life. That's why as a pastor, I'm determined that we are going to be a word church. We are a spirit-filled word church. Amen. Because it's only the word of God and the spirit of God coming together that produces change. Amen. Hallelujah. The word of God and the spirit of God coming together produce something. It produces the power of God. So there will be no word deficit in this church. Amen. 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 The word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if I'm going to be staying in faith, then I'm going to be staying in the word, right? That's right. Let's, let's, let's look at this word for a moment. What kind of word is this? 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. Now look at that. Being born again, meaning you got saved not because of a corruptible seed, but you got saved because of an incorruptible seed. How many people are born again here? Amen. 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 If you're not, you can get, get saved right now. <laughs> you were born again not because of a word that had a defect. See, that's what a corruptible seed is. It's a seed that can't produce fruit. If you ever planted something and you had, and say you planted five seeds and, and only, only, only three came up, well, you had two of them might have had a defect in it. It was a corruptible seed. But here it says you were born again. You also you were changed, not because of a, a seed that had a defect, but you had you because of a seed that didn't have a defect. Meaning you're saved today and you're born again today, not because of a natural seed, but you were born again today because of a supernatural seed. Being born again, not of a corruptible seed, but of an incorruptible seed. And what is that seed? By the word of God, which lives and abideth forever. Hallelujah. A word that lives and abides forever. This word lives and abides forever. You're not born again of a, of, a, of a defective seed. You're born again of an incorruptible seed. And that seed is the word of God. Amen. Remember John chapter 1? In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Amen. And, and, and John, John 1 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The only begotten of the father. Full of grace and truth. Right? So this, we were born again, not because of a seed that had a defect, but a seed that had no defects. Hallelujah. Which live, lives and abides forever. Meaning this word endures beyond any situation. This word is bigger than any situation. This word is beyond any situation. Hallelujah. Verse 24, for all flesh is as grass. And all, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. What does that mean? For all natural things are temporary just like grass is. And all the outworkings of man, which is the glory of man, is temporary. The grass withers and the flower thereof falls away. But what? The word of the Lord endures forever. What endures forever? The word. The word 
is stronger than your circumstance. The word is bigger than your circumstances. The word is beyond your circumstance. The word lives and abides forever. Hallelujah. You're born again, not because of of an incorrupt seed, but an incorruptible seed. Hallelujah. Then verse 2 says, uh, verse 1 of chapter 2 says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisy and envies and all evil speaking. Hallelujah. What does that mean? He's saying the word of God abides forever. This is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. So because of this good news that was preached to you, because of this incorruptible seed that was brought to you, lay aside all the natural things. Lay aside the natural things. Verse 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Hallelujah. So this word, this seed, it it says that we should desire this. Desire the sincere, sincere, meaning the the unadulterated, the real. Desire the sincere milk of the word. Desire that word that doesn't have defects in it. Desire that word that's the real thing. Remember the old Diet Coke commercial with Ray Charles, ain't nothing like the real thing, baby. <laughs> ain't nothing like the real thing. It's, this was desi- desire the sincere milk of the word. Desire that word that's the real thing. Desire the word, the one, not, the, not a word that passes away, but that word that endures forever. Hallelujah. See, see, you know, you, you can't live on, on just a natural man's word. Because a natural man's word can have limitations. But I'm telling you, when we're talking about the word of God, when we're talking about the word of God. See, man's, man's word can bring you into bondage, even if it does sound religious. But yet God's word has no limitations and is always seeking to set someone free. That's right. So it tells us that we need to desire this word. That's good. You know, that's where I believe the beginning of change happens. Desire. Desire the word. Desire the word. I, I, I believe that the enemy loves to get, wants to get the body of Christ and really in, a, in, in, in the world into a place of not desiring the word. See, a lot of ministers won't even open the Bible during sermons or even refer to scriptures. And, what's happen- and, what, happens, and what happens with that is what happens is, is that man's word becomes more powerful than this word. I remember having a youth pastor uh, that actually wasn't my youth pastor. I was working with him, and he was at EMIC it was years back. And the one thing that he deposited me when it came to young people is, is because he had seen a lot of wrong teaching with young people and trying to just make everything flowery and, 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 and kind of preach down to them. But he, he taught me this. He said, he said, learn how to trust people with the word. Learn how to trust the Holy Spirit that's leading them as you minister the word. But you know what? You have to have a desire of this word. It says desire this word. The sincere milk of the word. So what? That you might grow thereby. Change happens when you get this word. As for me, man, I got born again in 1993. Man, what a change has taken place in my life. 
is this word. It's this word. Go to James. So we have to desire this word. Say desire this word. While you're turning there, 2 Timothy 3, 16 says, All Scripture, all Scripture is God-inspired and God-breathed. It says it's profitable. How many people like profit? You, you, you want some profit in your life? It says all Scripture. All Scripture is God-breathed, God-inspired, and it's profitable for reproof, correction, and doctrine, so that the man of God may be fully equipped and thoroughly furnished for every good work. That's good. This word, this word is God inspired to fully equip you for every good work. Wow. See, staying in faith is about staying in this word. Because staying in this word is where growth happens. So that first thing I want you to see this morning, I'm going to deal with five things. I'm not going to be able to expound on all of them. But the first thing you need to have is you need to desire the word. To stay in faith, you need to desire the word. Let's go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 19. Understand this, my beloved brethren. Let every man be quick to hear, a ready listener, Slow to speak and slow to take offense and to get angry. Now let me read that again. Understand this, my beloved brethren. Let every man be quick to hear, a ready listener. Slow to speak and slow to take offense. What what is he saying here? Be be quick to hear. Be a ready listener. And this is something I've, I've been guilty of. Sometimes I speak a lot more than I listen. You know, if you're speaking, you can't hear. See, he's talking about being quick to hear, be ready to hear. But if yet, if you're always doing the speaking, then you're not, then you're not hearing. And if you're not hearing, you're not learning. And if you're not learning, you're not growing. So if I'm constantly speaking then I can't hear. And then it says, be slow to take offense. You know what? If, when you're offended, you can't hear. See, some of you even right now, you might be aggravated at your spouse and you're, and you're missing most of the words I'm saying because you're still ticked off about what your spouse said to you. <laughs> or, or what someone else did to you or that person on the other side of the church, how they greeted you this morning. And, or... Or something some, some, some you saw on Facebook that they responded to your post that really aggravated you and you didn't like the way they responded to your post and you got upset and you keep going back every 10 seconds to, to find out if they responded to your, your post yet. I'll show them. Send. Yeah, come on. What you, what you got? What you got? Come on. Come on. Come, what, what you got? See, you're all laughing because you've been there. You've done that, right? But you know what? You're not hearing anything when you're in a place of offense. Not only are you not able to hear me, but you're not hearing God trying to speak to you. And so many people are coming to church and leave unchanged because of those two things. Because of those two things, they're too busy speaking or they're too busy being offended. But he's saying, be slow to speak. Why, why is this so important here? 
Because the next verse goes on and says, it says, for man's anger does not promote the righteousness of God. What does that mean? It means that man's ways don't get God's results. Meaning trying to do things God's way isn't going to bring God's results to pass. Meaning, meaning man's anger. Meaning you want to keep being angry? You know what? Well, just look forward to not getting any results in your life. You want to stay in offense? Well, just get used to being fruitless. You, 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 you don't want change in your life? Well, just keep speaking and keep talking and not listening to what you need to change. Be, be slow to speak. Be quick to listen. Why? Because understand this, that the, that the anger of man does not promote the righteousness of God. And then, he, and then he says this. See, this is all tied together. Wherefore? Verse 21 says, wherefore? So we're, now we're, this is all goes to the same thing. He says, understand this, my beloved brethren. Be quick to hear. And then we talk to the reason why we need to be quick to hear. And then verse 21 says, wherefore, lay apart all filthiness... This is not words I use too often. And superfluity of naughtiness. <laughs> pretty much it says this. So lay aside. Pretty much it says this. Be quick to hear. And lay aside man's ways. And receive. And receive with meekness the engrafted word. See, don't, don't be always speaking. You got to stop this. Stop it. Stop it when you're dealing with people and stop it when you're dealing with God. Yeah. Be, stop the offense. Because what's, hap- what's happening is, is you're not hearing the very thing that could change your life. Yeah. Be quick to hear. Wherefore, lay apart all the man's ways of doing things. And what? Receive. Whew. Lay aside these things so you can Receive. Lay aside your anger so you can receive. Lay aside your offense so you can receive. Lay aside your religious ideas so you can receive. Lay aside your your thoughts about prosperity so you can receive. Lay aside the hurt so you can receive. And receive with meekness the engrafted word. Receive with humility. Receive with humility, with a teachable heart. Receive the engrafted word. What does that mean? The implanted word, the word that's become a part of you. See, this implanted word is beyond just head knowledge of scriptures. What he's talking about here is receive this written word. And receive this written word in such a degree that this logos word now becomes a rhema word. And when this rhema word takes place... See, this is just scriptures written. This is God-breathed scriptures. And, and it's not just reciting just out of knowledge, but it's allowing this word to become a part of you. See, that's what this scripture is talking about. It's not just, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop getting mad and I'm going to stop speaking. You know what? I'm going to read the word for a few minutes. No, it's allowing this word to become implanted into you. It becomes a part of you where it's not just an idea. It's a knowing on the inside of you. You're implanted. That word implanted, it's, 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 it has the same picture of, of roots wrapping around something and wrapping around in the soil, wrapping around itself and wrapping around other things. So no matter what happens to your life, 
No matter what you're experiencing, no matter what you're going through, you cannot rip that root out because it is implanted into you. It's become a part of you. If someone has a heart transplant and, and, and they've taken out the old heart and they put it in that, that new heart, in that, that new heart, and what happens is all of a sudden you can't get that out. Why? Because now it becomes a part of you. You know, there, there's, there's things where, they, where they talk, they, they'll do replacements of hips. And, and over a period of time, what happens is, is actually the skin and everything and, and the, the tissue and, and all the cartilage and everything starts growing over the different material. It might not have been flesh that put in there, but it became those metal pieces. And the, and the plat- what happens is that body now starts to become one with it and it starts wrapping around it to where it still becomes a part of you. You've seen where, well, they'll graft something off one part of your body or off something else and put it on. What happens? That skin graft now starts resonating and starts growing. It's the same thing with that word being implanted on the inside of you. It becomes a part of you. Staying in faith is about desiring the word. Staying in faith, hallelujah, is about receiving the word. It's receiving the word. Receive the word that has the ability to save your soul. The power, the word, this word that you're holding in your hand has ability. Yes. Hebrews says this word is sharper than a two-edged sword. It divides between soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and the thoughts and the intents of the heart. This word is living. This word is alive. Isaiah 55 talks about as the snow and the rain come down, it says it does not return again. But the next verse says, and so is the word that goes forth out of my mouth, that it shall not return to me void, but it shall go and produce, and the thing will prosper into the thing that I sent it. Meaning the word that I sent out is going to prosper. The word that I speak is going to prosper. The word that I declare is going to prosper. The word that I declare is going to be strong. The word that I declare is going to bring, bring results to pass. The word. Hallelujah. It's the word that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. Hallelujah. So we have to desire this word. We have to, number two, we have to receive this word. And realizing as we receive this word, that word is the power to change my circumstance. It's the power to change my limitation. It's the power to open doors that no man can shut. It's the power that's forgiven me. The power that restores me. The power that makes me new. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I was thinking about this word that has the power. Hold, hold your place there in, in, um, in James. I, I feel like I need to go to this. Go to Luke chapter 1. This word has the ability. Hallelujah. Say thank God for the word. Hallelujah. Man, man, David had a revelation of the word. David. He says, with the word is a lamp unto my feet. And it's a light into my path. Get a revelation of this word. Desire this word. Receive this word. Hallelujah. The word has the ability. This came up in my heart in Luke chapter 1, verse 35. It says, Then the angel said to her, this is when the angel ministered to Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, reading the Amplified, and the power of the Holy Spirit will overshadow you like a shining cloud. What's happening here? The angel is bringing a word. The angel is bringing a word to Mary. 
overshadow you like a shining cloud. And so the holy, pure, sinless thing, the offspring which shall be born of you, will be called the Son of God. And listen, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is now the sixth month with her who has been called barren. Verse 37 in the Amplified says, For with God, this is still the angel speaking, For with God nothing is ever impossible. And no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. See, the angel, the angel is bringing a word to Mary. King James says, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. So what happens? This word is coming to Mary. This, this, this word came to Mary through this angel. And the angel is saying, this word that I'm telling you is don't, don't be bogged down with it. I know it might not make sense to your mind, Mac. I know, it, I know you, you, this is beyond maybe your natural thinking. But I want you to understand that with God, nothing shall be impossible. God sent me with this word, Mac, and I'm bringing this word to you. And I want you to know what God's word says. It says it will not be impossible. For with God, nothing is ever impossible. And no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Verse 38 says, then Mary said. So you had the angel saying something. Now you have Mary saying something. Then Mary said, behold, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to what you have said. Get a hold of that. Let it be, whatever this word is, let it be done in my life. Whatever this word is, let it be done in my life. If this is the year of the breaking loose, let it be done in my life. Whatever word you're holding on to right now, let it be done in your life. Whatever you're overcoming right now, let it be done in your life. That was Mary was saying. She was stepping back saying, I receive your word. I receive that word. Now let it be done in me. Let it be done right here. Let it be done in my life. Let it be done in my family. Let it be done in my children. Let it be done in my finances. Let it be done in my church. Let it be done in my city. Let it be done in my nation. Let it be done in my body. Let it be done in my family. Let it be done in my parents. Hallelujah. Because you're not just desire. Number one is desiring the word. Number two is receiving the word. And number three is believing the word. Is believing the word. That's what Mary had to come to. To believe the word. Desire the word. Believe the word. Hallelujah. Receive the word. I don't have time to deal with this one this morning. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says, and we having the same spirit of faith. It says, we have believed, therefore have we spoken. We believe, therefore we speak. Now, now get that. And we having the same spirit of faith. Now, that, that spirit there doesn't mean like, ooh, the spirit of faith. The spirit of something is the essence of something. It's like the spirit of man is the center of who you are. So when he talks about the same spirit of faith, it's saying, it's saying the essence of faith. And we having the same essence of faith. I mean, when he, what is it made up of? We believe, therefore have we spoken. Staying in faith is about desiring the word. It's about receiving the word. It's about believing the word, and it's about speaking the word. And I, I don't have time to teach that this morning. It's not my, on my assignment. 
Hallelujah. I think each one of these are probably a series in themselves. So just hallelujah. But this word, let it be done in my life. Mm. Have a desire for the word. Receive the word because it has the power to change your life. Believe the word. Speak the word. Hallelujah. Let's go back to James chapter 1. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. And the last one I want to deal with. Hallelujah. Verse 21 again. It's pretty much say, lay aside man's ways and receive with meekness the engrafted word which has the power, the ability to save your souls. Verse 22, but be doers of the word. It's not just desiring the word. It's not just receiving the word. It's not just believing the word. It's not just speaking the word, but it's being a doer of the word. But be doers of the word. This word that has the ability to bring change, be a doer of that word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. Be a doer of the word. Be a doer of the word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. When I think about being a doer of the word, I think of Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. You don't need to turn there. But God's speaking to Joshua, and he tells him to meditate the law day and night. Meditate in the word day and night. And it says that as you observe, as you observe and do, as you observe and do, not just seeing it, but as you observe and you do, as you observe and you do, as you observe and as you do, as you look at it and as you do it, it says, I will make your way prosperous. Meditate in the word day and night. And as you observe and do, I will make your way prosperous. It's, it's doing the word. It's not just hearing the word. It, it, it's, not just, it's not just believing the word, but it's being a doer of the word. Now, as I think about this and as I, as I start to close, there's a lot of different illustrations I, I, could, I could convey here. I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 40. Exodus chapter 40. Being a doer of the word. When I think about do, being a doer of the word, I think about Abraham. And it said, when God told him to leave your father's house, and it says, go into a place that I'll show you. What happened? He had to be a doer in order for that to come to pass, right? It's not just Abraham believing God that, yeah, okay, God, all right, I, I believe what you told me. I, I, I believe what you just said. All right, and I'm speaking what you just said. Okay, I'm Abraham. I'll be the father of many nations. All right, but he was going to have to do something. Yeah. He was going to have to leave his father's house. And, and a lot of times we can have the word and we can believe the word, but are we doing the word? Are we, are we doing what God told us to do? I, I think of uh, the story in 2 Kings uh, where it talks about Naaman who, who came to Elisha and Gehazi the servant came out and, and gave him a word and, and told him, he said, go dip in the river Jordan seven times. When you come up the seventh time, you'll be cleansed. And, and, and Naaman you know, comes back to his servant and and said, what is this? What? Man, there's so many other clean rivers all over the place. Why in this one? And the, and the servant goes to his master and says, and says well, if he'd asked you, you, you know, do a difficult thing, you would have done it, right? And, and he goes, yeah. 
So the miracle wasn't found in just believing the word that, that Elisha had declared. But it was him dipping in the river seven times. It was, it was dipping in the right river seven times. It, it, you see what I'm saying? It, it's being a doer of the word. It's not just believing it. It's not just speaking it. But it's being a doer of the word. So staying in faith is desiring the word. Staying in faith is, is, is uh, receiving the word. It's believing the word. It's speaking the word. And it's doing the word. Hallelujah. I think of the, the widow woman that, that, that the prophet went to. And it says as she baked her last cake and, and she had the meal and had the oil. And it said as she did according to what the prophet had said. Come on. As she did. As she did. Not according to what the prophet said, but as what she did. Yeah, the, the word spoken is a part of it, but what did she do? Make me a little cake first. Make me a little cake first. And it said that, that said the, the flour didn't fail and the oil didn't fail until rain fell on the earth. See, it's not just, it, it's not just hearing it, but it's doing it. Hallelujah. And that's what the Lord's encouraged me about. This whole series, series was about preparation, preparing us for the days ahead. Staying in faith. But staying in the faith is about staying in the word. And staying in the word is about desiring the word, receiving the word, believing the word, speaking the word, and being a doer of the word. I want to read the scripture to you. In Exodus chapter 40, the reason why I wanted to go there, and this is just why the Lord told me to go here, but I want you to see something. In, verse, in Acts chapter 39, if you read it, it goes on and it talks about God commanding Moses what to do in preparation of the temple, right? And if you go to, ver, if you go to chapter 40 and you start in verse 17, it says, And on the first day of the first month in the second year, the tabernacle was erected. Moses set up the tabernacle, laid its sockets, set its boards, put in its bars, and erected its pillars. Verse 19, Moses spread the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering of the tent over it, what? As the Lord had commanded him. If you look at verse 21 at the end, it says, as the Lord commanded him. Verse 23 at the end, as the Lord commanded him. Verse 25, as the Lord commanded him. Verse 27 at the end, as the Lord commanded him. Verse 29 at the end, it says, as the Lord commanded him. Verse 32, when they went to the tent of meeting or came near the altar, they washed as the Lord had commanded Moses. Verse 33, and he erected the court round about the tabernacle and the altar, and he set at the hanging or the screen at the court gate. So Moses finished the work. Then the cloud. Then the cloud. See, he finished the work, and then the cloud. After he did what he had faith to do, then the cloud. See, it's in following through with the word, following through with what God told you. Then, then the cloud, the Shekinah glory, God's visible presence covered the tent and the glory of the Lord filled the tent. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud remained upon it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. See, we can, we can rejoice and, oh, the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Oh, the glory of God showed up today. Yeah, the glory of God was here today. Yeah, that God's presence was here. But you have to go back. Moses had to finish the work. Yeah. 
See, we want manifestation in our lives. We want great things in our lives. We want, we want the supernatural in our lives. We want God to do great things through our hands and through our ministries and in our church and through our lives. But the question is, have we finished the work? Are you finishing? Did you finish what he told you to do? Because it's the moment that Moses finished. The moment that he finishes, says, then the Shekinah glory showed up. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm grateful that, there, that we're stepping into days of Shekinah glory. Hallelujah. My, de- my determined decision as a pastor, hallelujah, is to hear from God every week. Not just hear, but do. How, I want to hear and do because, because not only do I want him to say, well done, that good and faithful servant, but I want the Shekinah glory of God to show up in my life, in this church, in this community. Amen. Hallelujah. But it's beyond just, okay, one day, God, you're going to do something great at Heritage of Faith. One day, you're going to do something great in my ministry. One day, you do something great with my life. It's not just believing and not just speaking, but doing what he's told us to do. And he has told us to reach the city and change this city and make winners out of people in this city. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I brought it up a few minutes ago and where it says in the beginning was the word. And it said that word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's in John chapter one, but I'm also just coming up my heart in John chapter two. Jesus is, I think at this time, he, I don't know if he's sure about, okay, I'm stepping into something new now. All right, the anointing of God's on me. The Holy Spirit's on me. And he shows up. And they found out that this place is out of wine. And he says, well, he talks to his mom and says, I don't know if my time's come yet. And Mary looks around to the people and says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. In John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, and the word became flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt dwelt among us. But Mary, that one that knew nothing was impossible with God... Turn to her son and turn to all that were standing. Whatever the word tells you to do, do it. Whatever the word, he's the word that became flesh and whatever the word tells you to do, do it. Whatever the word declares to you, do it. Whatever the word tells you, see, when you do what the word says, when you do what God has spoken, when you do what God has declared, expect supernatural results. And I'll close with this in Luke chapter five. Luke chapter 5, the story of, you know, the disciples were on the seashore and, and they were washing their nets and, and, uh, and they're coming back in after a, a long time fishing, but yet they didn't catch anything. And, uh, and so Jesus comes to them and he tells them, he says, launch out into the deep for a catch. And they're like, Master, we fished all night, but we didn't catch anything. He tells them to let down your nets. He goes, we fished all night, but we didn't catch anything. But he says, nevertheless... At your word. (laughs) Nevertheless, at your word, we will let down the net. And it said they had a great catch where their net broke, needed other ships to help them bring in this catch. But he said, Nevertheless, at your word. Kind of hear that same heart with what Mary said be it done unto me according to your word. Nevertheless, at your word. Make a decision, a personal decision, 
that I'm staying with God. I'm staying devoted with God. I'm going to stay abiding in God. I'm, going to, I'm staying on course. I'm staying in faith. I'm staying in trust. I'm going to keep pursuing after him. And I'm going to be staying in the word. And staying in the word is about desiring the word. It's about receiving the word. It's about believing the word. It's about speaking the word. And it's about doing the word. You receive this word this morning? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for your word. The word that challenges us. The word that lifts us up to higher ground. Hallelujah. The word that lifts us up to higher ground. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. I hear that. I hear that word on the inside. It's time to go to higher ground. It's time to go to higher ground. Hallelujah. Some of, some of you, I see it. He's saying this. Come up to my way of seeing things. And come up to my way of doing things. In order to come up to my way of doing things and my way of seeing things, there's some things that you're going to have to let, let fall to the side. But I'm calling you up higher. I'm calling, up, I'm calling you up higher. I'm calling you up higher. Mm. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I received that word. I received that word. You received that word. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Man, anytime you see scriptures, be like Mary. Let it, let it be done in me. Let it be done in me. Wow. Man, you received this word today? God is good. Hallelujah. Man, I just want to read the prophetic word. 2016 is not over yet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Extraordinary things are taking place in the heavenlies, and 2016 will come to be known as the year of the great breaking loose. Let it be done in me. More and more notable miracles will break loose in the earth. More and more signs and wonders. More and more angelic visitations. More and more instant healings. More and more deliverance from demonic activity. Let it be done in me. And more and more finances will break loose so my people can do more for the kingdom, saith the Lord. And during this time of the great breaking loose, the enemy will no longer be able to hold back that which my faithful ones have stood in faith for. Not even the things that looked as though they would come to pass. Let it be done in me. For I will cause them to break loose and to suddenly manifest and do so in such a way that no one will be denied the greatness of our God. Let it be done in me. Yes, 2016 will be a year in which the faithful shall be rewarded beyond their highest expectation and they shall bound in my blessings as never before. Let it be done in me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Everybody stand to your feet. Stand to your feet and give them a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. Woo. You received this today.